has to be done. Something has to be done. And right now, that's the only thing I see that's feasible. That's the only thing that I think can be done. But something has to be done. We cannot... If people are being hurt, we can't just sit back and, and smile and nod. That's why we have laws. We have laws to protect children. And this is a law that is protecting a child. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory and we, as in me and everyone listening, we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. So, This is a solo teacap, and it is coming in a little later than usual. Victoria, um, as she's mentioned, is moving, so she's pretty busy right now, and I actually was very busy yesterday, had a lot going on, so I was not able to record, and Friday I couldn't record either, so I'm recording today on Sunday, and this is a new platform. I actually recorded 15 minutes already, um, and then I goofed, and um, then... <clears throat> that 15 minutes is no longer applicable. So, there's that on that. But I really like this platform, so I'm starting all the way over. Um, this is a solo me episode, so hopefully, you know, it won't be an hour, two-hour episode, but you never know with me. It could be 20 minutes or it could be an hour. There's a lot to talk about this week. Um, a lot has happened. This is a highly political episode, which I hate Victoria isn't on to do this with me, but it's okay. Uh, there will be other political episodes um, available in the future that she can be a part of. Um, if you're listening to this, make sure you share this with your friends. This is going to be a really interesting episode. Um, like I said, this is probably going to be a very highly political episode. So there's going to be opinions and ideas and beliefs that your other friends might not hear or that your friends are not hearing in other podcasts. So this is a great episode to share with your friends. Um, to start off with, I do want to talk about something a little bit light. Well, I guess it's not really light, but it's light-ish. I have been, the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been keep, like, I watched the, um, uh, the Tinder Swindler Inventing Anna, and then we did an episode about Elizabeth Holmes on the podcast that will be out in March. Do not worry, ladies, it's coming out soon. Um, so I consume a lot of content on that, and I have been, like, obsessing over scammers. I do not know how these people get away with this. I am so confused how people are able to scam so many people. I mean, with the tender, <clears throat> the tender swindler, for example, um, how... 
if someone texted me that he needed $10,000, all I could do is pray for them. Like, that's also how I know I will never be part of the scam because I just, or be a part of a scam like that large. So I just, I mean, I just don't have it. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> if, if someone texted me and said they needed $10,000, I tell them that I'm praying for them. And whenever they find out where, whenever they get the $10,000 to let me know because I need $10,000 as well. So like, it's, <clears throat> sorry y'all. Sorry, I don't have my teacup today. I should have. I should have had tea. But anyway. Um, but yeah, like it that's so crazy to me. But I've really been like obsessing, like, this is so wild. Oh my god, crazy, crazy, crazy. How all of that happened. Especially in, in inventing Anna, I just don't understand uh, for example, um, some of the things that she did with her friends. We'll definitely have to do an episode on it. And I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it already. Because I definitely recommend it. For It's interesting. Um, I know I'm in a Facebook group where they go over like whether it's woke. It's definitely woke. Like I mean they make references to a lot of things that are pretty woke. But the story is interesting. And I don't think you would expect Netflix something. It's a Shondaland production. So if you went into that thinking that it was going to be unbiased, then you don't know Shonda Rhimes. Um, so that's just, that's something interesting. I, you guys should definitely watch. I also took Tinder Swindler. There wasn't anything woke about it. It was just crazy. It's so crazy, like, how he did all this stuff. They talked to people who were um, associated with him that were like, he babysat their kids or something like that. Why, yold crazy another thing that I want to say I was gonna say this at the end and I'll say it again at the end um I went to love life which is a prayer walk um and it's a great way if you are listening and you're like you know what I do want to start getting involved in the pro-life movement what can I do if you can find your local love life um and start going to their prayer walk it's a great way to start um I don't think this is the only thing you should do for the rest of your life, but it's definitely a great start. Uh, I went to that on Saturday, Saturday morning, and um, it was actually um, the, you could just feel the Holy Spirit when we were doing praise and worship, so it was really great, and I just want to remind you guys, on March 26th, um, the week of March 20th through March 26th, those are the girls, the podcast, well, the brand has adopted, <coughs> has adopted a week of love life. <coughs> And, um, that we, we have adopted that week. So if you were in the Charlotte area, um, come, come uh, reach out. Um, I'll send everybody an email that's on our email list about it and to get more information, but we're going to adopt a week of love life. And I think this is a great first way to start. You don't have to talk to anybody. Um, and it's really praise, worship, and walking, um, and prayer, praise, worship, prayer, and walking. Um, and you, it's definitely like, it's, it's good. It's a good organization. And once you're finished with that, they offer ways if you want to get more involved, if you want to get more involved when it comes to adopting, if you want to get more involved when it comes to, um, doing sidewalk advocacy. Um, we don't say counseling anymore. Uh, Melanie, if you guys follow her, uh, if you go to her page, she has a really good, a uh, real explaining uh, the difference while we say advocacy versus counseling. We also have pregnancy resource um, information and abortion abortion recovery information too. So it's a really great organization. I 
would love to see you guys there. Um, if you live in the Charlotte area or the surrounding um, Charlotte area, or I mean, if you're, you know, like, oh, I'm going on vacation and I just happen to be there, please come. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, so that's all a really catch up that we have. We have a lot to talk about today. And as you can see, I, I'm all coffee, but I have water. So I don't know why I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sick or anything, but whatever. Because honestly, it's allergies. Um, anywho, let's move on. So I do want to recognize um, the situation in Ukraine and Russia. We actually have James Dunn. He came on and we recorded yesterday. Um, and that episode should be up soon. Um, by the time you hear this, Hopefully it'll be up, <laughs> but he explained the situation for us. I really, um, it, I learned a lot. I don't know too much about the situation, um, which is why I don't want to, especially in the solo episode, I don't want to have like a big discussion to talk about it because I just didn't know too much and, um, we don't have to know everything about everything. I think that's something that I'm always remembering Two things that I'm always remembering. I don't have to know everything about everything. And if someone is on my page that is annoying me, harassing me, um, I just don't really want to talk to them anymore, I can always block them. Those are two things that I am just trying to remind myself. Because I do like to be open. I'd like to have, like, a dialogue. I like to, um, I want to be well aware. But we don't have to know everything. Um, and if you choose for this to be a situation to not... I don't want to say not to care as much because as a human, I'm sure you care. People are dying. People are hurting. But if this is just a situation that you're, you just don't necessarily know a lot about. So you're not posting all the time. You're not doing X, Y, and Z. Then that's okay. It doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you stupid. It just means this is a situation you're just not really informed about. And I have to get better at that too. Because I mean, even, there's other times where people are like that in my life. And I'm like, how do you not know? Why are you not caring? And it's like, okay, maybe you just don't. I do think there should be a level of awareness. Like, you should be aware that there is a situation going on in Ukraine. I think that, um, but you don't have to have a strong opinion that you're fighting behind this country. You don't have to decide that right now if you don't want to. Um, all you, I, I think all you really have to do is just pray. I think that, especially in these type of situations where you don't know what to do, all you can really do is pray. And I just want to remind everybody, I said this in the episode <clears throat> with James, and I'm going to say it again, um, James from the Done Right podcast. Um, I've said this in that episode with him, and I'm going to say it again. One thing that um, we have to remember is that these, uh, these wars, these situations are really to government people. It's such a higher level. The average citizen probably isn't even... I don't want to say they don't care, but like they're just trying to live their life. I know most of us are. If we were to go to war, I, I can honestly say I'm just trying to live my life. Like, for example, if we were to go to war with Russia. I, they can do whatever they want to do. That's them. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm trying to um, hopefully one day, you know, meet someone to have a family and be able to provide for that family. If not, I'm trying to do what God has called me to do, you know, with other things. I'm trying to help my friends. Um, that's what I care about. I want to live life. I want to go to the pool sometime. I want to, you know, I was gonna say go ski, but that's definitely not an interest of mine. But, um, I'd go tubing again. I, I've been tubing. So I, I want to do that. Like, I just want to live. Like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to 
be in these little bigger dots. So we just have to remember that when we see this situation, we see pictures, we see all these things, and just remember to be praying for the people of the country because they. I'm sure most of them are just trying to try to live their life, <laughs> you know, try to live their life, try to worship God, try to do all these other things. And then this is just happening. Um, so I just wanted to say that. So let's get into it. The first thing we are going to talk about is, <clears throat> is blah, 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 if it'll open up, uh, open link. Okay is Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He ordered a state agency to treat gender-affirming care as child abuse. Now, while I'm reading this article, it is by the Austin American Statesman. While I read this article, I want you to listen and notice what I'm saying, and I'll try to put emphasis on the things that I really want you guys to hear. Because I think this is a perfect example of... um, how we can take these situations and we can make them bigger than they are, how we can twist words around to fit our agenda. And I'm not saying that's what's happening on um, our side or their side. I'll let you decide what side is doing what. So here we go. Um, Responding to conservative Republican opposition to gender-affirming care for young transition transgender Texans, Governor Greg Abbott on Tuesday ordered the state child welfare agency to investigate reports of gender transition procedures as child abuse. The move came on one day after Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson issued a written opinion defin- defining gender-affirming cases care as child abuse under state law and months after state legislators considered what Ooh, sorry you guys <clears throat> let me read you that sentence that was weird do not know what just happened um the move came one day after texas attorney general ken paxton issued a written opinion defining gender affirming care as child abuse under state laws in months after state lawmakers considered considered but did not pass similar bills when the legislator met last year. Transgender advocates accused Abbott and Paxson of twisting state law to meet their political goals and biases, particularly after efforts to define gender-affirming medical care, medical care as child abuse died last year in the Texas House after passage in the Senate. Religious and social conservatives praised the move. Quote, this Paxton opinion means nothing if it's not enforced, end quote. So Representative Matt Schaefer, who's a Republican from Tyler, quote, the truth is, though, that we need a special session immediately to address this now that we have the backing of the attorney general's office. We're not going to back down on this. This is a hill we are, are ready to die on, end quote. The Texas Pediatric Society, Texas Medical Association, and Texas Academy of Family Physicians opposed last year's legislative efforts to limit gender-affirming care, including puberty blockers, which doctors describe as reversible medication that delays the onset of physical changes to allow time for transgender Texans to consider more permanent options. Several Republican bills also sought to outlaw Hormone therapy, 
involving testosterone and estrogen for minors. Doctors testified last year at Capitol hearings that the treatments introduce body changes that are permanent and are generally recommended after age 16. Surgery is generally offered around 18 and never to young children, they testified. So, key words I wanted you guys to notice um, were permanent. And here's the other thing too. It says affirming, uh, limiting gender affirming care, which includes puberty blockers. So a lot of the tweets and a lot of the um, comments people have been saying are really things that are making it seem like if you have a transgender child, they're coming, knocking on your door, they're taking your child away from you. And then they're, I mean, in the this tweet, I'll even link the tweet if you guys are interested. In this tweet, the person who I believe they are transgender themselves, um, the person like linked like how to have like a folder if someone comes by and is going to take your child away from you. That's not at all what it's saying. What it's saying is things that are harmful for your child, such as that can have permanent lasting damage, A, and things that, for example, puberty blockers, that um, they say it's not, it, it is reversible, but it's also, obviously there's not, there's going to be lasting impact. I mean, it, it is a, it's a change to your body, to what's on the inside. It's going directly against what your body was designed to do. So there's going to be <clears throat> some sort of residual effect, whether it's reversible or not. So what it's saying is they want to get a, stop these they want to they should not we should not be allowing this to happen to children so <clears throat> I want to also read what the actual uh what the actual proclamation was what the actual what Governor Abbott actually said so it says dear Com commissioner masters Consistent with our correspondence in August 2021, the Office of the Attorney General has now confirmed that the enclosed opinion that a number of so-called, quote, sex change, quote, procedures constitute child abuse under existing Texas law. Because the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for protecting children from abuse, I hereby direct your agency to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. As OAG opinion number KP0401 makes clear, it is already against the law to subject Texas children to a wide variety of elective procedures for gender transitioning, including reassignment surgeries that can cause sterilization, mastectomies, removals of otherwise healthy body parts, and administration of puberty blocking drugs or superphalocylogic doses of testosterone or estrogen. Texas law imposes reporting requirements upon all licensed professionals who have direct contact with children who may be subjected of such abuse, including doctors, nurses, and teachers, and provides criminal penalties for failure to report such child abuse. Texas law also imposes a duty on DFPS to investigate the parents of a child who is subject to these abusive gender transitioning procedures and other state agencies to investigate licensed facilities where procedures may occur. 
So what it's not saying is if you have a transgender child, people are going to come knocking on your door and try to take your child away from you. If that is how it's been blown up, that's how it's been marketed. That's I saw someone say something like that. So I was like, oh my God, that, I mean, that sounds terrible. They're coming into people just minding their business, just coming into their house and taking their children away from them. That's not at all what it's saying. What it's saying is, is they find that you, that, there have been procedures that are done. Specifically, they talked about um, permanent procedures that have been done to your child. I mean, they're going to, there's going to be consequences. And it's not just a matter of your child now, you know, for example, your child now wears dresses instead of pants. You know, that's not, that's not what it's saying. I think that um, these things, this is good. I think this this is a good step. I think that um, we, as we mentioned earlier, transgender uh, body dysmorphia is disordered. It is not how God, uh, God makes no mistakes. It's not how God wanted us. Um, we talked about this last week with uh, Leah Thomas. It's not how God wanted us. This is sad and unfortunate. And there's so many other issues. Like, there's a myriad of other issues that could be going to order in a child's life for them to feel as if they need to have some sort of uh, gender, change their gender. So, you know, I don't want it to... It's also, you know, it's also not saying that... It, it's saying... It's also not saying, like, people can do any and everything either, you know? In the, I'm sorry. It's not saying that, like, you your child uh gets the procedure and you're home free either it's it's so it's saying that if someone makes allows their child to for example get a mastectomy at 15 they will be investigated and prosecuted because i mean if the breasts are otherwise healthy there is no reason for a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old to do that. There's absolutely no reason. Um, and that is wrong. That 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 is wrong and that will be prosecuted. And I think that's what, what needs to be done. Um, if the parents aren't going to protect the child, I don't think that... Um, if the parents aren't going to protect the child, I... I hesitate because right now it is the conservatives, the people who have the values that I agree with that are in charge. I So I hesitate to finish that sentence, um, but something has to be done. Something has to be done. And right now that's the only thing I see that's feasible. That's the only thing that I think can be done, but something has to be done. We cannot, if people are being hurt, we can't just sit back and, and smile and nod, that's why we have laws. We have laws to protect children. And this is a law that is protecting a child. So that's my thoughts on that. That's my thoughts on that. Um, also this week, we actually, you know what? Let's, let's do an ad break. Um, our biggest sponsor right now is Little Co. Living in the Light Co. And we actually did an episode with her, uh, a really, really good episode where we got to talk to Brooke and about her mission and vision behind uh, her store and 
it was it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed talking to her. We even talked a little bit about um owning your own business and she's our current sponsor right now. And if you head over to her website, litlco.com and use the code those girls, you get 10% off of your purchase. And what I also love best about her business is that it is Christ-centered. It is God-focused. It has good they produce good product as well. It's good product, Christ-centered, and you know that you're um, donating. You're not donating. You know you're purchasing from someone who is going to go to their family and help provide for their family as opposed to, you know, big corporations where it's probably just going to go into a CEO's pocket, you know? And I just, it's a really, really, really cute store. They're great people. Um, Use the code those girls to get 10% off. So that's our ad break. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is the Supreme Court, uh, the latest Supreme Court justice that Biden appointed. As you guys know, um, their uh, Stephen Justice Breyer is retiring. I was say he died. I'm so sorry. He's retiring. <laughs> he has not died. Uh, he is retiring and there needs to be a new justice. It does not really change anything because Justice Breyer was already uh, a more liberal. And so it's still a 6-3 uh, type court. Um, so it doesn't really change much, but it still matters because... I just, I want to reiterate to everybody, it's, elections are so important. Elections have consequences. And I think that what I really want everyone to get and why we're doing the uh, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous girls vote is that your local elections matter. They absolutely matter because they directly affect you. Your state elections matters because once again, that directly affects you. Our federal elections matter our presidential election matters. I think that sometimes it's just so like polarizing, which is, I get hear that all the time. It's so polarizing. It's so upsetting. I don't like this person. This person, it's so negative, blah, blah, blah. And it, it can be, it absolutely can be. Hopefully if you stick with those other girls, we will help you navigate that. We'll help you, you know, make the decision based on your values. Cause that's what I want for everyone is I want them to vote based on their values. I hope that your values align with my values so we can have a president, we can have a representative, we can have a mayor whose values align with my values. But the idea is just that you vote with your values. Um, but for example, the president does matter. Who, Where your president stands matters because of things like this, because of the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court technically has more power than the president. Um, that's a whole other conversation we can talk about another day, but the Supreme Court is very important. So even though it will still be a 6-3 conservative majority in the uh, courts, it's still important to just know that this is happening. Um, so this article is from Yahoo News. So this is going to be interesting. I just, it said five things to know about the nominees. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let's see. And then I'm going to do an article that Sodas for Life did talking about her and then where we stand as uh, as people who care about life, as pro-lifers, uh, as the anti-abortion social club. Okay, so here we go. Uh, 
uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm going to say Ken, Kentanji. Kentanji. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Let me see if I can find someone that can pronounce it. Uh, okay, not quick enough. Okay, Kentanji Brown Jackson. Here are five things. President Biden has chosen Judge Katanji Brown Jackson as his pick to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer on the U.S. Supreme Court, fulfilling his campaign promise of appointing a black woman to the nation's highest court. Biden will formally announce Jackson 51 as his nominee on the White House. Yes, two days ago, I guess. Or is this? Yeah, two days ago. He formally announced. Judge Jackson is an exceptionally qualified nominee as well as a historic nominee, the White House said in a statement, and the Senate should move forward with a fair and timely hearing and confirmation. So here are some five things about her. She clerked for Breyer. She graduated Harvard Law and served as a law clerk to three federal judges, including Breyer, on the Supreme Court. As Breyer's clerk during the court's 1990 to 2000 term, Jackson learned up close how important it is for the Supreme Court justice to build cons consensus and speak to a mainstream understanding of the Constitution. Ooh, mainstream understanding. That is an interesting mainstream understanding of the Constitution. Huh, interesting. Um, she was confirmed to her current post with bipartisan support. Okay. Biden nominated Jackson to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit last summer, and she was confirmed by the Senate in a 53-44 vote with Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Morkowski of Alaska, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina voting in her favor. But in a tweet early Friday, Graham said that the nomination of Jackson means the radical left has won President Biden over again. That's interesting. Graham had heat praised on the U.S. District Judge Michelle Childs, who was speculated to be one of Biden's leading contenders for the Supreme Court. She said race doesn't play a role in her work, but life experience does. She was born in Washington, D.C. in 1970, and she moved to Florida as a young child with her parents, graduates of historically black colleges and universities who worked as public school teachers. During her confirmation hearing for the U.S. Court of Appeals, Senator John Corrin, Republican Texas, asked Jackson how race would affect her job. She said, quote, I don't think that race plays a role in the kind of judge that I have been and would be. I'm doing a certain thing when I have my cases, end quote, Jackson replied. Quote, I'm looking at the arguments, the facts, and the law. I'm methodically and intentionally setting aside personal views and any other inappropriate considerations and I would think that race would be that kind of thing that would be inappropriate to interject into my evaluation of the case end quote okay that's a good thing I like that I like that response Jackson also made it clear that she believed her perspective was so crucial to the court she was a public defender if confirmed Jackson will be the first supreme court justice since Thurgood Marshall to have represented indigent indigent I'm sorry, indigent criminal defendants. During her April confirmation hearing, Jackson discussed how her experience as a public defender would benefit her approach to cases on the bench. One quote, one of the things that I do now is I take extra care to communicate with defendants who come before me in the courtroom, end quote. Jackson said, quote, 
I speak to them directly and not just to their lawyers. I use their names. End quote. Okay. She ordered Trump's former counsel to testify in his impeachment trial. Interesting. In her work as a federal judge, one of Jackson's most prominent rulings was a 2019 decision in which she ordered former Trump White House counsel Don McGahn to testify in the impeachment inquiry against then President Donald Trump. She's, okay, this is very interesting. She's related by marriage to Paul Ryan. <laughs> Actually met Paul Ryan, fun fact, uh, when I interned for my congressperson in 2015, 15, 16, 2016, whatever year it was, uh, I met him. I have a picture with him. Anyway, Jackson met her husband, Patrick Jackson, when the two were at Harvard College. He is a surgeon. They have two daughters. His twin brother is brother-in-law of Jana Ryan, wife of former House Speaker Paul Ryan. Jana and I are incredibly happy for Katinja and her entire family. Ryan tweeted on Friday, Our politics may differ, but my praise for Katinja's intellect, for her character, and for her integrity is unequivocal. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, this is information I'm hearing about her. I, I don't... I can't sit here and be like, yeah, she's da, 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 da. I don't know too much about her. I know what we just read and what we're about to read now. And, you know, we'll just see. <laughs> we'll see how she does. So let me read to you guys what uh, Students for Life, they did their research, thankfully. Um, let me read to you what they're saying. So on their blog, which I will link, Students for Life Action Calls Biden's Pick of Judge Contingia Brown Jackson, quote, an abortion supporter so extreme even partial birth abortion was acceptable. And there we have it. If President Biden thinks to distract the American people from his foreign policy mishaps with the Supreme Court pick, he will never be mistaken. He will be very mistaken. Judge Katinja Brown Jackson's record on abortion is so extreme that horrifyingly late term abortions will again be in the news, said SFLA Actions Kristen Hawkins. Quote, if infanticide at the moment of birth does not trouble you, your moral compass is broken. End quote. <laughs> Very true. Students for Life Action President Kristen Hawkins pledged that the pro-life generation will be actively opposing President Biden's pick for the Supreme Court. Federal Judge Contingent Brown Jackson, who media reports indicate is his pick. While the world is watching Russia's aggression and his disregard for human life, Democrats in Washington, D.C. are doing the very same as they push the deceptively named Women's Health Protection Act in a Supreme Court pick who worked to defend partial birth abortion. Biden has embraced abortion extremism in embracing a candidate who worked in support of infanticide when she clerked for Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer as he shook down a Nebraska law banning horrifying partial birth abortions in a case known as Steinberg v. Carhartt. Partial birth abortion. Whoa. 
partial birth abortion is a gruesome late-term procedure in which a baby is delivered all but the head so that the child's brains can be removed to deliver a dead baby. Oh, God, that's so sad. Anyone defending that kind of death is not fit for a higher office. She also joined an amicus, amicus's, wow, one day I, I need, I can talk, I promise. She also joined an amicus brief in an effort to block pro-life access to peaceful protests in front of abortion vendors. These are not the actions of a judge who sees pre-born life as anything other than disposable and who puts politics over decency. Students for Life Action SCOTUS Squad have been a fixture of Supreme Court confirmations along with in-state events targeting key U.S. senators and extensive voter outreach. As FSLA Action has previously noted, limiting abortion policy choices to be few desired by those in power is not popular with millennials and Gen Z, now about one-third of the electorate. Recent polling by Students for Life of America, Students for Life of America's Demetrius Institute of Pro-Life Advancement, indicates that an astonishing 8 to 10 want to vote on abortion policy in their states, up from 66% last year. In addition, when considering how devalued people have been treated historically by the power, 65% of millennials in Gen G did not support allowing people in power to decide who is fully human, and deserving of legal rights. Okay. So. That is. Terrifying. That's awful. Uh, partial birth. Abortion is. Um, let me see. If. This is leaked maybe. Uh, there's an article. By live action. That. Um. I would like it is horrible. I read, I just read a portion of it. You guys saw, and uh, you guys heard. I mean, you saw if you're watching, and uh, it's horrible. So that it, she is someone who was okay with that, and you know, it's the life issue is very important to me personally because I really do think if we start create arbitrary times when life begins then we I mean <laughs> then then it could just happen whatever whoever's in power can decide when they think life should begin so the life issue is very important for me and it's very important for me to have someone on the supreme court who is consistent in the sense of life begins at conception. Because that's what we know. Scientists know that. It is a fact. It is something that we know for sure. That life begins at conception. So it just, it concerns me. Because that thought and mindset um, does not, does not, you don't just shut that off. Like once you're done with this, it's not compartmentalized. That mindset goes into other aspects of life and it just really concerns me when someone decides that they just oh, well it's not really human it's not wanted so it's not a human <laughs> like that's that's terrible so that's our current supreme court nominee students for life uh sounds like they're gonna be doing some things 
for that. And also, too, I think this is also why I just want to remind everybody that who we vote for in Senator, because the Senate confirms who the Supreme Court, um, who's the Supreme Court. So, for example, North Carolina, we're going to be focusing a lot on North Carolina because we're both from North Carolina, Victoria and I. And if Melanie wants to, she could start doing some things for Texas. Uh, we have no problem pushing that out. And if you're listening and you're very passionate about this, you live in a different state other than this, please reach out. We would love to do some of the same things we're doing for other states. But obviously, we're just two people, so we're going to focus on North Carolina. Um, North Carolina has a big Senate race coming up. Uh, so we really need whoever wins the nomination because right now we have three contenders already for Senate who, well, I think we have six, but three front runners who are running for Senate who uh, will be great. And we just, whoever wins, I'm very confident that they would do, they would vote my values while they're in office. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident that the three of them, either three of them would. So I, uh, whoever, you know, gets the nomination, we have to support them. We have to see what we can do. Door knocking, uh, telling our friends, uh, having conversations. We have to vote. We absolutely have to vote. This year, we need to make sure we are voting. This year, it is so important for us to vote now more than ever, really. I mean, now more than ever, we need to be voting. Um, and it's really just, it's really just important because the other side, they are out in full force. They are upset about so many things. They want things to be a certain way. Um, they, they're out in full force. So they're voting. We need to be voting as well. We need to be out there. We need to be doing what we care. Um, this isn't a time to sit back. If you've been wanting to get involved, now is the time. If you've been wanting to at least be a little bit more informed, now is the time. Stay with us. Join our um, email list. We're going to start doing a little bit more newsletters. We have gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Uh, we're doing the YouTube series uh, that we will post occasionally as the podcast. But it's going to be mainly YouTube video based. We're doing that YouTube series. We are just trying to see what we can do to get you to um, be able to vote your values because that's what's important. In this, having someone that believes this that thinks partial birth abortion is acceptable, having someone like that on our Supreme Court, like, just gives me the chills. That's terrifying. Because who knows how far it could go. But I will say this, too. I just, to wrap this section up, um, that's why education, and those of us, every single person listening to the sound of my voice, that's why we are important. Because this is what she believes today. Who knows what she can believe tomorrow? Who knows who is going to send her a video? She might, she, some people just really do not know. They don't know what they don't know. And some people are uh, just, yeah, some people just don't know what they don't know. That's why this is so important. That's why the Anti-Abortion Social Club is so important. We're doing education uh, and advocacy. We are trying to get as much information out there to people. Uh, live action, students for life. They do videos. They do um programs they do so many things just to get the information out there because the and the more of us that are doing it the better because we know that social media you can get shadow bands you get all these other things we know that uh accounts get shut down all the time but the more people we're telling the more people who are getting things out there the better um let's see yeah so i just i think that <sighs> that's crazy that's crazy and concerning Okay, so 
last but not least story uh I want to talk about uh the Women's Health Protection Act. Protection Act. Um really what it does. Well, I I'm gonna read to you this is another Students for Life article. Um we're just gonna talk about it really quick. So what mine does not tell you about the Women's Health Protection, quote unquote protection act. As the Supreme Court's recent decision to uphold the Texas heartbeat law, the Biden administration is shamelessly revealing itself again to be rapidly anti-life as they push the Women's Health Protection Act, an act that a legal scholar at the Hill is now saying is far more radical than Roe. Students for Life of America expect nothing less of the conniving abortion lobby. In an op-ed cleverly titled The Perils of Plan B's White House Push to Codify Roe Goes Far Beyond the Status Quo, Jonathan Turley, the Shapiro Professor of Public Interest Law at George Washington University, makes the case that the WHPA is not about codifying Roe v. Wade, though it's way worse than that. Turtle writes, quote, While widely portrayed in the media as codifying Roe v. Wade, this legislation actually goes far beyond the current precedent of the Supreme Court and would effectively wipe out many state laws and state authority on abortion, end quote. In order to fully understand just how badly the Biden administration is trying to pull the wool over our eyes by calling the WHPA the codification of Roe, we must understand that the monumental difference between Roe v. Wade and the WHPA. Roe bars states from imposing an undue burden on the right to have an abortion, while the WHPA's provisions go beyond this, reading like a progressive wish list based on pages of legislation filings, Turling says. One of the offensive provisions of the WHPA is the provision that laws which require slash cause a trip to the office of a health care provider that would not otherwise be required are considered an impediment on the right to abortion. This sneaky provision clearly seems to have the purpose of stopping a state from restricting chemical abortion pills being sent through the mail without a doctor's visit. We are definitely going to have to do a discussion or a talk about chemical abortion pills because that is becoming more and more common as, um, as more uh, states have been having uh, stricter laws. We'll, we will do, we will talk about that more. On the same note, Turley also finds that the WHPA could strike down laws that require the involvement of licensed physicians, since the key healthcare provider definition includes a certified nurse, midwife, nurse practitioner, and a physical assistant. Somehow, having a licensed physician involved is considered an impediment is considered impedimentary, which is ridiculous, of course. That's what the article says. <laughs> Even from the misplaced viewpoint that abortion is an innocuous medical procedure, this makes no sense. Since when was it considered an impediment to your health to be examined by a doctor? Not that we are given abortions the credit of being called doctors. They surrendered that honorable title when they started taking lives instead of saving them. These provisions do not at all seem directed toward women's health or empowerment, but that it's besides the point. The bigger issue is that the abortion lobby is lying to us once again, as it is a total farce to call the WHPA the codification of Roe, and our current presidential administration is in the thick of it. 
Our sister organization, Students for Life Action, has previously called out the Biden administration for their pro-abortion involvement, including recently condemning their decision to take Texas to court over the Texas heartbeat law and created the horrendous budget that failed to add the Hyde protections. So, this is a concern. Um, they are going to be uh, voting on this in the Senate. Another example of why our Senate is so important, and I just want to remind everybody, our, the Senate race in North Carolina is going to be tight. It's going to be very tight. North Carolina is incredibly purple. North Carolina used to be red, but we get a lot of people from other states coming, which is not always a bad thing, but sometimes they bring their, their terrible policy with them. North Carolina is incredibly purple, so this will be a close race. This will be a very close race. Just want to tell everybody. So with that being said, um, our senators are so important. If you can, go ahead and call your senator and tell them no. Um, that's just an action item to give you guys. Uh, yeah, this is the Women's Health Protection Act, just like the Women's Equality Act. We, when we had Amanda Order, we talked about how the left likes to use sweet, nice, cushy words. This is an example of that. It's not protected. It's not health care. This is not okay. And we, who we vote for is important. Our president is important. Our senator is important. Our house rep is important. Our mayor is important. Our state rep is important. Our state senator is important. Our precinct captain. It's important. All of these positions are important. Um, we just need to, we really need to try to vote this year. This I We're going to be pushing this a lot. We really want everyone to vote. And you vote your values. You vote the things that you find important, the things that you know um, are true. You vote that. Vote that and vote that with your heart. Don't care about anybody else when you get in there because this is your life. This is what's happening. This is everyone. And, you know, we talk a lot about abortion, but there's so many other things. I mean, gas prices, the economy, housing market. These are all consequences of elections. Um, so, yeah, that's the last thing. That's the last topic. It was a very heavy political topic, or heavy political episode, but... That's what happened this week. That was interesting that we felt you guys needed to know. Um, last thing I do want to say is we are having some really cool events coming up. One event I am so excited about. I cannot tell you guys the event yet. Uh, we're working on a planet, but it's going to be nice. It's going to be big. Uh, as soon as we have it locked down, I'm going to tell you guys a date so you can go ahead and set your date. Don't do anything that day because you're going to love this event. It's going to, you're going to love it. Uh, but two events that we have uh, coming up that, uh, I can't talk about is March 21st. March 21st, we'll have True Women's Empowerment event in Charlotte, North Carolina. What this will be, we're partnering with Pro Life Future Charlotte, uh, which is the uh, after college chapter of Students for Life in Charlotte. And what we're going to have is we're going to have the executive director of the Cabarrus County uh, Women's Center and the Youth. University City's Women's Center. Uh, it's the same executive director. We're going to have her come and she's going to speak to us about um, 
pregnancy resource centers, how we can prepare for post-Royal America, what we can, in North Carolina, specifically Charlotte, can do. She's going to talk to us about um, just how pregnancy resource centers also operate, what they need. Uh, and we're just going to have that discussion about how, what we all can do, what is all very important for us um, as pro-lifers, how we can help the baby and the mother. We're going to have that conversation. It's true women's empowerment. That is true women's empowerment. Uh, we're going to have that conversation on March 21st. Um, please reach out. It's going to be at 630. Work at a location. It's TBD, but we should know by the end of the week, hopefully. March 26th, we have adopted that day for the Love Life Prayer Walk. I highly recommend everybody listening, if you live in the Charlotte area or around, or if you're going to be in Charlotte, or if you're bored and you want to go on a vacation and you're going to be in Charlotte, come to this prayer walk. I think Love Life is doing an amazing thing and it is a great way. I know there's a lot of people who listen who are not very involved in the pro-life movement and they're not sure like eh, what to do. This is a great way to start. Seriously, if you are in the Charlotte surrounded area, this is a fantastic way for you to start. Um, let me think of anything else. Um, please check out our website. We have uh, some cute shirts. We now have our um, anti-abortion social club hot pink t-shirt is out. Um, this hot pink t-shirt uh, is super cute. Ordered by it's on its way. I'm probably going to crop it because it is kind of long. Um, but do whatever you want to the shirt. But it's super cute. It says anti-abortion social club and it's hot pink. We are taking back the color pink, you guys. Um, that's out now on our website. Check that out. Uh, follow the anti-abortion social club page. We're going to be doing more with that. The idea really is just education. Education, getting people, getting the word out. Um, uh, getting the word out and getting people ready. It is, yeah, I guess that's all I can really say about that. It's just getting the word out and getting people ready for a post-Royal America. It's coming up and we as Christians, we as women, we as caring human beings, we have to see what we can do to help other women. Um, yeah, so if you enjoyed this, make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe, tell all your friends, share, share, share. If you like this uh, new setup platform, I, I kind of really like it. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, please let me know as well. Hopefully the sound quality is good. We'll see. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, night, evening, whatever, however you're listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.